Jennifer, how are you? I'm fabulous. I have one more week left to be in my wonderful age. <laughs> For those out there who are trying to decipher that comment, Jennifer's birthday, 7-7. Seven, seven. So <laughs> if you're thinking about having a cocktail, now you know the name of the cocktail to order. Yeah. If you're going to be in Vegas, now you know the number to play. Yep. You know, it's. I thank you for reminding me, my friend Dave Patlack, his birthday is also on 7. What did you do on 7, 7, 7, 7? You were just a little wee toddler, but do you remember? Hmm. That's interesting. I think that's when Elvis died. I don't know. We can ask him, but... So was, sure, well, that would be something that would be. That's really interesting. I just remember I'm in the living room. I just was being placed in the living room. My dad came back from a run and we're watching the news. And it was, I think Elvis passed. Must have been around that time. I mean, we could look it up. I think it was 78. So 70. around your birthday on 78? Well, of course, you know, like most of my comments, it's a preamble to referring to something I did, <laughs> which was my friend's birthday. And we went out to Vegas and we played on 7777. We played a lot of numbers. And I gotta say, it was my first trip to Vegas and I didn't lose anything. I mean, we left there That's after- amazing. It was amazing. We left there, I think each one of us had a couple hundred bucks. And that's what they do. You know, they know that it's your first time somehow and then they let you win a little bit. So they get you to come back. Right. Just like reincarnation. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. So well, I don't know. Are you wanting to come back? <laughs> so we have uh, had complaints online. Where are you guys? What happened? Is that it? Is it the end? Is the podcast over? I mean, really? What? One, well, you know, one time we're not there and then they're like, oh my God, the world has come to an end. Anyway. I think that's wonderful though. Um, it, it's sweet. I, it's kind of funny though. That is kind of funny. But um, hold on a second. Okay, I'm just being brought back to that moment again. So when you were talking about it, why did you ask me that question just out of curiosity? Which, well, what were you doing on 7777? It was so that I could then talk about going to Vegas. Oh, all right. So here, all back to you again. All back to me in case we forgot about me. Hey, and for uh, listeners out there, by the way, Richard, you talk to us about Gaia real fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, my film, our film that Jennifer's in called Hacking the Afterlife dropped on Monday, June 21st. Um, I, you know, they have no algorithm for me to check how many people have watched it. But all I can say is it's 10 years of filming people, including Jennifer, so graciously and other mediums and uh, hypnotherapists like Scott Tatambo and Michael Newton, as well as this kind of unusual form of, I call it meditation, but it's kind of like talking to people who had a near-death experience and asking like our friend, Steph Arnold, asking them what happened during that near-death event. And by them talking about it, I'm able to ask them questions about their guides, teachers, their soul group or whatever it is, and they answer the questions and because I, I don't know if they can answer, you know, I don't know what they're seeing, but I'll ask them, can we go visit your council? So for those who've been watching our podcast for the for a while now, we're up to 66, my age, the root. <laughs> um, I think it'd be a good film to take a look at because Jennifer's in it and a number of people are in it. And all of this thing of me saying, well, there's footage, just take a look at the footage. By the way, it's, 66 is my sister's number from my dad, Route 66. She has the hot, he loved cars. Very good. My daughter for Father's Day. Let's see if I can get that in on camera. There it is. That's my dad's thing. That's so it, cool. Very cool. You know, if you ever plan to motor west, take the highway my way. It's the best. Get your <laughs> kicks. Anyway, so uh, Route 66. <laughs> So, yes, please do tune in to Hacking the Afterlife on Gaia. 
you just go to Gaia.com, G-A-I-A.com, and you type in Hack in the Afterlife. It's free if you sign up with their service and then cancel after a month or whatever it is. But you will have your mind bent by watching this film. I, I, have a, I really do believe that there are things that your guides and teachers send you to look at. And if you don't have to take Jennifer's word or my word or anybody else's word, but allow your guides to watch the film. Right. By you watching the film, you're allowing your loved ones on the flip side to watch the film as well. And they will give you clues that they're around, like the chills when you hear something from somebody. And I, in the comment section today, I saw, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the comment section today, someone wrote, I, I can't stop crying watching this film, which I, I think it's a good review, but he was trying to say, um, there's so many things in it that were giving him chills that yes. made of recognition, mm. you know? So I, whatever, I, you know, I think it's something that Jennifer and I talk about often, you know, we're trying to help people access this information themselves. We're trying to let people, they don't have to put on a pyramid hat. They don't have to see a medium. And as Jennifer so graciously uh, insisted, we put a workbook in our book, Backstage Pass to the Flip Side, where you know she gives you tips on how you can access your loved ones directly. So yeah. my dream was to be out of a job because the world would look so much better. You know, it would be <laughs> such a better place if everyone knew that they had access. I totally agree. It would be such a more wonderful place. I think, look, there, and then people ask me, like, when is this going to happen? Because I talk about the fact that it took 66 years from the Wright brothers to get to the moon. The Wright brothers, Kitty Hawk, and then 66, there's that number again, uh, people were landing on the moon. So that's how long it took for that leap. It may very well be that we're into year, I don't know, 10. Five. Five, since Jennifer and I met five years ago. And you figure, okay, 61 years from now, this will be very commonplace. People will be looking at this conversation we're having with people on the other side as, what? What's the big deal? Where are the ads? <laughs> <laughs> um, so apologies to Luana and the class for not seeing you next week, last week, but is there anybody that needs to come forward that wants to talk to us? Oh, and the reason why, for the audience, um, Jack, my son, graduated from high school. Yay! Good job, We're Jack. never going to stop this podcast. We're going to be old and decrepit in our homes. <laughs> with our He'll take it over. Hey, give us our podcast. <laughs> okay. We'll be channeling everyone by then, right? Okay. That's right. Luana. All right. Why is she banging her clipboard? And for the listeners out there, I have a clipboard with her name on it. And I also put Route 66 because I asked my dad to show me some more signs because my whole family's getting together tomorrow and 66 is a big part of it. So, um, why is she being a clipboard? Okay. She said she did talk to you this morning while you were drinking coffee. Okay, that sounds right. Uh, maybe even before I had the coffee. Maybe, you're right. Um, Took a while to make it or to get it's it. that sort of thing where you're waking up and you realize you're having a conversation with someone. Oh, and she just reminded me I talked to her yesterday because every time before I do a, I do wine and spirits in Hermosa Beach once a month, um, I always ask the class to be there. Always. I'm, I'm like, can you guys please? I tell them throughout the day, can you please make sure that you're there, you know, <laughs> and help the other people from the other side come through a little bit, you know, Claire. It was fascinating. And over a full moon, which I believe it was a full moon yesterday, it's it, people, the reason why people are really sensitive, besides the fact that the moon and your body is made up mostly of water and blah, 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 all that stuff, is because spirit is like right here. It's so, I know it, that sounds crazy, but it's so tangible. They're so clear. There is no like jump, like talk to your loved ones. If you get a little vision of someone, talk to them. Right. And you don't have to talk to them out loud. Just go, hey, what are you doing? And they right. might show you the memory. They might show you what they're, you know, as you have always said to me, which has helped me throughout my life, is don't, <laughs> do not judge it. 
Don't judge it. But and then also this thing that we heard from Michael Newton when he showed up unexpected unexpectedly in a restaurant in Manhattan Beach and started talking to Jennifer. And we asked him, what's a what's a really simple way to tell people or connect with people? And he said, look, just say their name and ask them questions. And of course, I said, well, how do we how do you tell the difference between making stuff up or actually hearing from a loved one? And he said, when you get a response before you can ask the question, then you'll know you're connected. So if you're asking questions to your loved one, as Jennifer just said, you know, ask a bunch. You know, how are you doing? Where are you hanging out? Who are you hanging out with? What do you like over there? What do you miss about being here? And when something appears in your mind, it could be an image, before you can even get to the question, because they're outside of time. They know what you're going to ask. Right. So that's a lovely way of, you know, of making that kind of connection. So, but Lou, take a look at your clipboard, dear. Is there somebody on there that we need to chat with? Has he said him before? It's Elvis. Oh, okay. Well, you did mention him. You did mention him earlier. Um, and for people who are not familiar with Backstage Pass, the flip side, we have spoken with him before. I asked him about his, but I'll, I'll ask him some of the same questions because why he not? Just, he just said blue suede shoes again. Um, I don't, he's, I'm actually hearing the song which is kind of nutty. Um, uh -huh. Again, I'm not thinking it. I think he's making fun of me. He's like, you should have had a blue and black party versus a pink and black. <laughs> I'm gonna have. Um, well, what is on the agenda there? I don't know. Just go ahead and start asking questions. Okay, uh, well, that's for the people who haven't picked up Backstage Pass or have heard him interviewed before in our podcast. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Or what was the experience like? He said he recognized a child. So I don't know if if his if they had a child or she was she had a um, a pregnancy that didn't go right. Um, but it felt like a child. And I know that wasn't the answer the last time. No, no, it's okay because listen. People do uh, put more into their story because he knows we've asked the question before. Right. But still, seeing somebody, a child, that's what you want to mention. I feel so, like you need to say, like, even if a child, if, so. I see. Maybe he's he's trying to bring this point forward, which is, if, especially for people that have lost one before that child came to term, people often do report being greeted by that child. And it's a lovely experience that I believe in the thousands of readings that I've given that before the spirit enters the body, they know what's going to happen, whether or not it's going to be terminated, whether or not it's going to be come to fruition or whether or not it's there's something wrong and it's um, it they have a miscarriage countless of times those children they even though they're not born here they're born over there they're able to still i call it the first right of you know spirit around someone is that child they get to be around you they get to grow up and check in and help the other kids um they get to help you with other kids that are born later they help that they help facilitate that so i believe he's bringing that up like you still get to greet the loved ones that didn't necessarily make it. And and the reason is, is it partially because you want to talk about how we're all connected or do you want to talk about how the process works? All of it. And all right, just in terms of this person, was it a boy or a girl? It was a girl. And was this somebody was this somebody that you knew from a previous lifetime or is this somebody you knew had met only in this lifetime? It wasn't with Priscilla. So, it, but was it somebody that was supposed to come to you in this lifetime or perhaps? It was, 
no, it wasn't something that was supposed to come to me this lifetime, but I knew that this person or found out after the fact that this person didn't have the baby or didn't have. I see. I see. So it could have been somebody that you might have had a baby with, but didn't. Correct. For whatever reason. And so then when you recognize this being, are you seeing them as a small toddler? Are you seeing them just as light or as energy? Or how do you see them when? That's a great question. Because he showed me the process of like, of, of he was showing me as he was coming to um, the other side. And he goes, you can only imagine how disgruntled I was um, at first. He goes, but then all of a sudden my heart was just completely full of joy. And that there were no mistakes that were made, that everything that was made was supposed to be made. It was all part of the journey that you had planned right. in advance. He didn't feel, he, thank you. He goes, I didn't feel bad for anything. I was told that everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. That's beautifully put. Now, just to point out that some people have a hard time with that because of course, first their brain freezes when you say your name, Elvis, uh, because they can't get past the fact that here we are, people who didn't know him. And then he just put Prince in front of him. <laughs> put him in front of you. So, but but the idea, yeah, but that idea that we could talk to you, and we don't know you, but you know, and but we have before, and and we were we're familiar with the process. And as Carl Lemley, who showed up two weeks ago, who we'd never met before, just sort of showed up willy dilly and wanted to have a conversation. I don't even know what we're talking about. Well, two weeks ago, you know, a film producer showed up and and the point was that he wanted to participate. He wanted to share something. It wasn't like we asked him. And in this case, it's identical. So Elvis, Aaron Presley, you came. I've been to your home in Tupelo, Mississippi. I just happened to be driving around Mississippi and Tupelo. It's like, oh, my God, that's his house where you were born. But the question I have for you, sir, is. So is that what you want to come and talk about, the process of incarnation? Or do you want to talk about music a little bit? Thank you. He says, no, the process. He said that I know that would have helped me if I was to hear that before I left the planet. I see. The information that we're discussing right now, whether I believed in it or not believed in it, he goes, it resonates on some level. It will resonate with some some part of your being. I understand there's also this idea that we have a higher self that is aware of what we're doing or watching us on stage. And like I say, someone watching the film, Hacking the Afterlife, or someone watching our podcast, in in the midst of their disbelief, their higher self is going, hey, that's accurate, or that part is right. So in terms of process, so what you're trying to point out and and make people aware is that this is a temporary stage that we're on and that the things that happen here are kind of planned not a hundred percent but they're not in stone but they're improvised is that correct so you're showing me like let's say 10 things were planned in your life like having a child getting married um, your work, being a singer. He said, and he goes, and then from that, so if you, sh- if he's showing me a grid. So if you have 10 things, 10 points happening, he goes, then you have a hundred points behind, underneath that, which I believe are coincidences, they're saying, and then a thousand beneath that. So there's so much work that we're not consciously aware of to have those things happen, right? And right. there's different ways to get to that point. There's different ways, you know, to get to wherever you're supposed to go. To, to connect those dots. Right. That, that we sort of have a grid that we've laid out for us. And, but correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes you don't connect the dots for whatever reason. Correct. So somebody changes their mind. <laughs> Hold on. And that's what you have to make up in your next life. <laughs> oh, okay. So like. Let's say also. Let's ask you about that. You you had a, a life review with friends. I assume with family. Like what people report, teachers, guides. Everyone's there. 
-hmm. some people report like a giant auditorium and some people report like just beautiful experiences of first person connectivity and some negative obviously right. you know because they get to relive those experiences what was that like for you what was your review long long and by long you mean like days and days and days or it's instantaneous but like a huge download but with tons of information that's it and so everybody does everybody simultaneously get that information or because i i've i've actually had a dream where i was witnessing somebody giving a life review and i was you know maybe up in row 60 and and i was aware that i was watching somebody and every time they told a story of something that happened or somebody told a story like this is your life and then and you know that day on wednesday you and when they told the story i felt it i saw the thing that they were talking about and i felt it viscerally but then i started to wake up and i turned to the person next to me i don't know who it was and i said oh I, i'm waking up i'm gonna miss this and this person said, eh, don't worry about it. It'll be going on for days. Interesting. So, uh, you know, days relative, but it'll be going yeah. on for a long like time. Days here or nanoseconds there. Right. But still the idea that Elvis, even though somebody from the outside might've gotten a full download, you know, Elvis from baby to last day on the planet, there's also the experience, the experience of going and experience is linear one right. thing happens to the next you feel it you experience it so that idea whatever it is whatever that time frame is but that idea that for the most part you felt joy is that correct yes yes and and certainly go ahead instantaneously instantaneously like I'm like, is there a better word other than joy? And he said, love. Love. Like, so that I well, when you when you he didn't when before he died, he didn't feel love or loved. Like he he was loved by people he didn't know. I but, understand, but like that unconditional love that you have for someone else. Go over there and he goes, everything's filled to the brim. He's just showing me his heart completely filled, like filled up with love but there was not one space missing and it's like extracting all the most amazing things from your life that fill up your heart because and leaving down the rest he just showed me it like so your lifetime just extracting all the major moments whether they're big small and different he goes those accumulatively fill up your heart because everything else just kind of goes away and if I could just talk to you about process for a moment, that idea, let's say you're in, in on a stage in front of an auditorium and everybody in the auditorium is everybody you ever met or, or was touched by you. And you're, who is the MC? Who guides this conversation? Is it, is it your guide? Is it a teacher? Who is it? He says it was Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it Merv? <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix has showed up so much when interviewing. It's the weirdest, oddest thing. All right. So, are you joking because you're aware of this class and how we've had this conversation about Jimmy in the past? No, he's saying that God is, or whatever, whatever we don't get hung up on the term, everyone, whatever that big ball of energy of light that we make up, that we're a part of. Yeah. Let's say that. Um, he says, is in everyone. So it could be anyone that's interviewing me. Could be anyone, but is it, uh, I'm asking, was it this guy, Jimmy, that you were aware of being the MC? Or is that somebody else like slipping that, that in? I think, no, he said that that was part of his softer landing coming over. Okay, I listen, we can't judge it. We've heard it so many times as to be, as to not, be fantastical for us, let's put it that way. Um, and Elvis, if I may, can I turn to Jimmy for a second? Jimmy, can you come forward? Because for <laughs> fans of our books, they've 
you know, we've interviewed her before. We've talked about his journey. Why are you showing me her? Hold on. That was interesting. I just saw someone who's still on the planet, but they must not, they're not doing well or something's going on with them. Okay, well, let's not dis disconcert anybody, but, mm -mm. but uh, Jimmy, if we may, uh, can you step forward for a second? Or no, we only, or Elvis, you know, this is your forum, dude, it's up to you. It's just so weird. Um, I mean, is this Luana interrupting? No, it was Barbara Streisand that they they kept showing. There, there's a connection there, something, mm -hmm. some kind of connection. Okay, that's it's allowed. Um, I was writing about her yesterday. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not shutting up. I was writing about her yesterday because uh, Kutala, a uh, the Oracle of Tibet, and I are friends, of course, and I helped produce a CD for him, uh, me produce, whatever. I went over to Dharamsala, I recorded it and put it out there. The traditional chants of Tibet. Anybody can pick it up anywhere. But the last time I saw him, uh, Barbara Streisand had come by to see him uh, with her husband, Brolin. And uh, so he had me give her a copy of the CD so that she could have it. It's a wonderful meditation just Tibetan music and sounds and, but they're all prayers for the long life of his holiness, the Dalai Lama. And so I've heard people say, you know, listen, I listened to your CD and I can't believe it. I just it puts me in a trance, but I don't think that's what you're referring to. Is that what you're referring to? Is that why she suddenly showed up in this? Well, it could be interpreted like that because if it's prayers and chants and they're saying we need to pray or they're saying, something yeah. about prayer and they're showing me Barbara Streisand's Barbara Streisand which I knew nothing about what you did yesterday or talking to about yeah, her. right they're sharing okay let me look at that it could be I got the wrong interpretation because I'm getting pray for Barbara I'm like what because I know she's alive I'm like what do you mean so my own brain was getting my own brain was doing what <laughs> we make fun of people doing um hold on a second well ask Luana I think she'll be the yeah. our best source on that Okay, because this is a class of music, a lot of it's music, they do want to discuss chanting. They do want to discuss the process of what that does for your frequencies and for the frequency of getting more connected or feeling, you already are connected, but feeling more connected. So, All right, and we've, a number of people in our class have mentioned this before. It's not the first time. Barbara's fine. <laughs> Barbara's fine. Important for us to say, um, at the same time, so the reference is a little bit obscure, but it's towards this idea. I mean, when the state oracle of Tibet goes into a trance, the CD music, that's what he's listening to. I mean, because those monks create this cacophony of sound and it puts him in a trance. And it allows him to connect to the other side or to connect to someone. Historically, it's a, a Tibetan who was a warrior back in the whatever, long time ago, and he speaks a weird dialect. I'm very familiar with the process, but the point is, and we've heard this before, chanting or listening to chanting right. is a way to clear the mind, obviously, not hard to do, especially if you don't know what that what the words are, right? It's kind of like the cacophony, you know, repetitive thing. However, that being said, Luana is somebody who was uh, an SGI uh, Buddhist, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Tibetans chant Om Mani Padme Home. Different people chant different things, right? right? And so is there any specific thing that you guys want to talk about in terms of chanting or in terms? Even church music, they're, they're showing me. Cathedral. So church music. And Elvis, you were from the, you had church music in your life. Gospel, yeah. Gospel. So. What, what would be a method or an avenue? Just put on some gospel. As soon as you said method, he goes Methodist. Method, Methodist. Would the process be put on some gospel music if that's your background or if that's what puts you in a trance? Whatever music puts, lifts your heart. Whatever music lifts your heart. Okay. And, and this, is why, this is why I asked if we wanted to talk a little bit about music. Because certainly... Frequencies are involved. When we hear Elvis's voice, 
which is so distinct and unusual. We, we get into that frequency of who or what Elvis was or what he represented to us or the time in our life when we listened to him. The same goes for other music, religious music, Christmas music, any kind of religious music where you're in that space of, of family being loved. And so if it moves your heart, whatever it is, and it could be, you know, it could be punk, whatever that is. Well, Tom Petty showed me Alice in Wonderland. So whatever that song was. Alice in Wonderland, you mean the, uh, not the movie, but the, but Alice. I mean, well, what is Alice? Alice is somebody who takes a pill and goes down the rabbit hole. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's right. Right? She gets small, she gets large. But that idea of Lewis Carroll talking about going through the looking glass. And this is, I, I think, Elvis, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this what you're talking about? That music puts you in a holistic health trance? Yes, it can help heal you. Music helps heal, this, it, it heals the soul that in turn heals your body. Can heals you the soul that in turn heals your body. I just wanna clarify something, which is, it sounds like we're talking about something spiritual here. But Elvis, I'm trying to get to the heart of this. You're talking about something science, aren't you? Correct. That's weird. And the point being, it's it doesn't matter what your belief system is. Put crank up the tunes. If it elevates your heart, crank it up. I mean, I've I've read years ago about how certain there's sound therapy where they put people in a room with speakers and it's like the the sound waves themselves heal parts of the body. I don't you know I don't know it that well. Utilizing it with Alzheimer's patients. Very good. And, and of course, an Alzheimer's pick, because music is the last part of apparently the brain to go. Um, and we talked about this, how my friend Charles Grodin uh, was the therapy for his brother who had uh, dementia was to he'd sing to him every day. And, and that was a way for them to completely connect. My mom, who, who didn't, but she had hurt her hip. And so she went to the, you know, the nearby place to have rehab. And there were all Alzheimer patients there. And the first thing we did was put her in front of a piano. And so people would come and listen to her play. And that idea of the music elevating, it's not just connecting to your memory. Well, correct me, Elvis, what am I, what am I talking about? It's all of that. It's all of that. It's all of that. It's, it's connecting you to, interesting your future memories because if you play it, it could be live now but you could be hearing a recording later it doesn't matter all right let's let's think about that for a second so which is let's say in a previous lifetime you were a person who go ahead yes it's timeless it's timeless so i've always wondered about this because we've spoken to people who knew Beethoven or remembered a lifetime being a friend of Beethoven's or being another musician. Right. And so my question is, is when you, so let's take Beethoven's fifth or ninth. And, and that was 250 years ago. And so let's say you've had five lifetimes since then. I don't know, two or three. When you hear that music again, are you tapping into who you were before? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the reason why it took a little while, he showed me, um, he showed me Coldplay in that song, Viva La Vida. You know, bells, church bells are ringing, Roman Catholic choirs are singing. But about, nobody wants to hear me sing, but. <laughs> I'm listening. That song, that song came from somewhere. It brought, he brought, he took the past of something that he was. I see. Or and connected to it. And he goes, a lot of musicians do that. They don't know consciously that they're doing it. Some do know consciously. He actually might, but because they know when it's just kind of floats in their head how to grab it. Right. Well, Elvis, in your case, since you were not writing the tunes generally that you wrote. Uh, but you would connect with them in such a way that everybody listening to you would feel whatever it is they were supposed to feel. What? 
He said I would sleep with them. <laughs> <laughs> you mean emotionally, literally, what? It's just, he's just talking about the music, like holding onto the piece of paper, whatever it is, he would, he would connect it. to it. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about blue suede shoes. You pop that into Jennifer's mind. I know she's not aware of who wrote that song, but we've had a number of people reference that tune on the flip side. You know, Jennifer and I have been doing this for five my years. Dad, my dad loved that song. I forgot about that, too. Oh, okay. If you were to take all the neat nuances of this, this particular podcast today, so many underlying threads dealing with my dad, dealing with, you know, just, it's just really, there's, it's completely packed full of signs from my father. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Blue suede shoes, of course. Jim? So, well, you can ask your dad. So what, what is it about this Carl Perkins tune that connects so many people and so many musicians? It was so much fun. It reminds him of his car when he used to race cars and he got in a lot of trouble for it. But he said it reminded me of a time where I just, it was so much fun. And, but I, I just want to clarify because they don't, I haven't seen a blue suede shoe. I don't think I've ever seen one. I mean, I played the tune. I've been in bands and we've played the song. But I, I try to think to myself, well, that must have been something unusual because your shoe was suede, first of all, right? Suede jackets I've had, suede fringe, but suede shoes and then blue. So, no, I, I'll just lay it out there. Jimmy, we talked to Jimmy. When Jimmy crossed over at some point, he was on stage playing that tune. We talked to John Lennon. When he crossed over, he found himself on stage playing that song, Blue Suede Shoes. I looked it up later on to find out that both Jimmy and John had recorded that song a year apart from each other, not with each other. That's crazy. And now here is Elvis talking about Blue Suede Shoes which he sang, of course, that was one of his signature tunes. Yeah, but I've never heard him sing necessarily, like in spirit, that was really cool to hear that him singing it. Like so what's up, well, what's up with the, is it the song? What is it? It's a song that connects generations. All right, have you talked to Carl? No, even though I might not have danced away with blue suede shoes, my dad did. So right. So it just keeps going. But have you, Elvis, have you talked to Carl Perkins? I assume he's on the flip side. He's still writing away. He's still writing away. Yeah. Very good. Pink suede shoes. <laughs> oh my goodness. But um, have you performed that, any of your songs on the flip side? That's, I guess, the question. All the time. All the time. And so how does that work? Do like, do you get, because look, we talked to Carl Lemley a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about creating movies on the flip side. He actually said that the words, once you get bored creating all the movies you could create, you decide to reincarnate. I right. thought that was hilarious. That is funny. So he's showing me, he goes, it's like somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, I want you to check out my arena that I built. Will you come play in my arena? That's what he's saying. He oh, goes, I see. So. And, and so now somebody has mentally constructed an arena, which means all the seats, all the acoustics, everything that you could possibly That's imagine. Everything. They try to re... I asked him, like, do they try to recreate your experiences that you've already had? And he said both. So they try to recreate, it's both. Both the experience of being on stage, the roar of the crowd, backstage, minus the drugs and alcohol. But alcohol <laughs> well, there's no brains to get addled. But then when you walk on stage, so they I mean, I said, he said being on stage is he said, <laughs> say it again. It's like LSD, but it's not because it's more your euphoric. Because there's a great pleasure uh, associated with it. Right. And you don't take for granted anything, he says. He goes, I would walk in. He goes, 
I might have taken for granted even the floor. He goes, when you walk into something that was built or reconstructed, he goes, you pay attention to every detail because you don't want to miss anything. Wow. And he goes, I didn't have the word. He just showed me, you know, when he was drinking and, and was on pain pills, he said, I didn't have the wherewithal to appreciate the depth of what it took for that moment in time. Of course. You know, you're trying to remember the lyrics. You're trying to remember the cues. Trying like, to remember the rehearsal. Sleepwalking, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's about the process. And right. so now, so those frequencies, the frequency of your memory, of you performing the song, the frequency of the person who wrote the song, perhaps, the frequency of all the musicians who played with you, and your sidemen. And everyone that's ever loved that song filling up a and they and of course i'm sure the downbeat like gets a lot of people to show up in the auditorium once they hear elvis is going to sing that must be thrilling for a lot of people yeah because people from different countries can come see him all at once all at once and let me ask you this so let's i'm in your audience rich let's say and i've heard elvis is going to be playing tonight and i show up in this grand auditorium of course i'm seeing it from my point of view where my seats would be, nosebleed, or front row, backstage, whatever it is. But is but my, my higher self is watching you. And whereas my temporary self, the stage self, whatever it is, on stage, that guy's not aware of, of this show or this concert, unless I'm asleep. And then the filters are down. And then I wake up, I might have a little flavor of it oh i think i saw elvis play last night right right is that how it goes yeah he wow. says but he says it's like being able to watch it on tv and then jumping into the television oh wow okay that's a beautiful beautiful example jumping yeah. into the tv and you're playing along you with. You don't have to wait. You don't, no one has. No one's there to tell you no. Very good. There's a Except there's a reverence. There's a reverence for it. And nobody will go. That's not. That doesn't have that frequency. You can't like. Force people into the audience. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And Luana. How did Elvis elbow his way onto your list today? Does everybody just back up when started, he shows up? It started yesterday. Okay, started, very good. Started yesterday. With Barbara Streisand. Okay, all right. Yeah, you know, I was writing this thing about meeting her and thinking to myself, you know, you're, I was connecting the dots. You know, I'd sat next to her at an event. I saw her perform at the Clinton inaugural. Um, and you, you see these kind of strings that go along. And then, you know, here I am handing her a CD and thinking to myself, you know, she doesn't know me from Adam. I'm just, a, you know, somebody else, a fan, whatever, you know. And, and then we get into a venue like this and we can start talking about all those threads, all those times, how connected we all are without seeing it, right. without being aware of it. And how I didn't know anything, like I was fighting it. I'm like, I'm not going to say her name. You know, they're like, no, no. And it's important. I think it's important. And it also says, also showed too, that the interpretation can be wrong. So I immediately thought, because anytime that I see someone who's still on the planet, who's still on the planet, I'm like, Ooh, are they sick? And so my mind was already racing and they showed me prayer. And so I'm like, Oh, pray for Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. I see. All right. Now that even makes more sense to me because I was. Yeah. But you were talking, it was about the prayer. Yeah. I would literally was writing about. So that was. Chanting and prayer and Barbara. Right. And so I got all of that information, but I put it together that we need to pray for Barbara. They're like, she's not sick. She's fine. She's fine. It was just weird. And it happens like that. And so. That also shows you how you can get the wrong interpretation about somebody or something. Sure. So this whole episode that we've had today has shown to me, like, there's just so many things. It's so great that we have this. Yeah. And that, and, and the idea of asking questions, because people, 
you know, people, I get email all the time from Cora. Hold Go on. ahead. They're also saying you don't have to wait to be the architect over there. You can start doing it here. That's what the whole manifesting. So start visualizing what it is, what your arena is, your personal arena, whether it's, you know, the family that's around, whether it's the, um, oh, I get to go to a wedding tomorrow to see my nephew. I'm getting emotional seeing my nephew get married. Um, sorry. It's the first time my dad won't be there. <laughs> He'll be there. He will. They actually put a Stop that. In. Jim will be there. Oh, he's going to be there. And don't forget to like, look at all the signs I'm giving you. And don't forget, don't forget, really, it's important not to forget. And this is for everybody in the audience. When you're at an event where a loved one is not there, speak of them in present tense. Yes. Say their name aloud. Tell a story about them. Say it in present tense. Honor them by acting like they're standing right next to you. And it'll change everyone's paradigm about what you're talking about. Because, you know, we do have a tendency to talk in the past and they did and this and that. And you remember so the other mad. stuff. They get so mad. <laughs> but like we're here. Stop it. We're just in the room over. Yeah. And but I but look, it's important to that's one way to bypass that filter is to just speak of them in present tense. You know, Jim. I want to I want to honor Jim because he's standing right over there and and I want to tell him blah, 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 blah. And I you know, that's a wonderful way to have him participate. And even though he might be standing somewhere, else, <laughs> which is fine, whatever. Um, but of course, nine times out of 10, they're putting the thought in your head. So, um, yes, you know, whatever that that sort of thing. Yes, but I again. Just like putting in your head 66, which means a lot to my sister, which I can't wait to tell my sister. That's great. That. Well, and who did it come from? It came from Elvis. Now, Elvis, did you ever sing that song? Get your kicks on Route 66? I don't know if you did. I'll have to look that up. It's a movie, he says. It's what? He's showing me next to, what's his name? The other, hold on. James Brown? No. James Brown. Get your kicks. <laughs> I don't know. I Listen, I was just writing about how I was sitting in a restaurant in Paris um, and playing this beautiful uh, Yamaha Grand. And a guy came up to me and said, can I sing? And I, you know, in French, can I sing? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know. Can you? Because I thought, you know, if he says no, or, you know, maybe it's like, you know, please don't. I said, he said, yeah, I, I think I can. I said, all right, what do you want to do? He said, well, let's do, what do you think? And I said, how about Route 66? He went, oh, fantastic. And so I started playing and I'm, you know, at this fancy restaurant, maybe 50 people all sitting around, very staid, very serious people. And I'm boogieing out, I'm rocking, I'm having a blast. I'm looking at the keys. And I can hear this guy's voice. And he was like, Joe Cocker. This guy had such chops. I couldn't believe how beautiful his voice was. And he was roaring, you know, swasic, Route 66. But he, he started singing, Swa, 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 66 in French. <laughs> and he kept doing that over and over again. And I finally looked up from the keyboard the entire restaurant was on their feet. They were all dancing. He had gotten everyone out of their tables and they were like, Bleh! they were like spinning each to, other. I, I mean, it was That's so amazing. I was in such shock. And the guy, you know, was there, you know, get your kicks on route. Soissons. So on behalf of your dad, um, Jim, I'm sure you'd appreciate that story. Very good. All right. I know you got to go, Jennifer. And Elvis, we want to thank you for showing up. Lou, any last words? I mean, I got her for a few minutes, I guess. I could steal maybe five minutes. Lou, I'm so crying. now that we've made Jennifer cry, I'm sorry. My fault. <clears throat> I admit it. <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> um, Lou, anybody on the clipboard that wanted to stop by to just give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down or how do you do? Uh. 
my dad telling me to stop crying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jim, it's not easy. He's going to be there early and he's laughing. He used to make us go to church early to be in the front row, all seven of us. Um, oh, that's adorable. That must have been a sight for him. He can't wait. He'll be holding my sister's hand, he says. That's awesome. Very sweet. It'll be a lot of fun. Now I can't get that out of my head. Soissons 6. Soissons Very good. All right, Lou, I appreciate the, the journey we've taken together. And Jim, thanks for coming by, as well as Prince, who got pushed out of the chair by Elvis. It's okay. It's allowed. And, and um, everyone next week, we will not be here next week. We won't be here next week because we're going to be celebrating Jennifer's birthday. birthday. The day she chose to be on the planet. So next Wednesday, about this time, whatever time it is, in your neck of the woods, raise a toast to our friend Jennifer, who without her, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, am I saying it's Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, no, the birthday's Wednesday. Isn't it the seventh? Oh, it's on Thursday. <laughs> I'll be celebrating on Wednesday. First. All right, very good. I correct you. The year was 77. That's what we're keeping. Seven, seven. Yeah, seven. that's right. Seven, seven. Cool. Happy birthday, Jennifer. We love you. Thank, thank you. you for your gift. And thank you for bringing all these people to our world today. We love you. Love you too. Get your kicks on Route 66. St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri, Oklahoma City used to look so pretty, you'll see. Amarillo, Gallup, New Mexico, hey, Flags of Arizona, don't forget Winona, Kingman, Boston, San Bernardino, won't you get hip to this timely tip when you're taking that California trip. See you.